Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, the queen of soft style, million dollar Miranda Morales here, your host of the Hashtag Miranda Show, which is a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I am joined, as always, by the producer of the Hashtag Miranda Show, my co-host. He is the kingpin of thechairshot.com, the king of shit takes, the unstoppable one, the reverend. Greg DeMarco. Yep. We're here. I, I Every time I hear the Adam Cole baby soundbite now, it's even more saddening no, right. for me. One day. Someday. Someday. I don't know when. Someday. Just, it might what? just be how it's, how it's, it might just be never, never going to happen. Never the ever elusive, person. the ever elusive Adam Cole experience. Right, I've literally interviewed the guy multiple times and and never yeah. gotten to do the baby. Mm. Never once because mm. of a backstage interview. Couldn't have done that so, in the ring, huh? Couldn't couldn't have done that in the ring. I okay. So everyone, let's process this. And by everyone, <laughs> I mean Greg. So on this week's show, we're going to be talking about Greg and I's experience um, at AEW that came live to Phoenix. Greg and I attended in person both of our first experience uh, at AEW. So we're going to be talking about it from our perspective. But uh, spoiler alert, Greg DeMarco did not get to see one of his favorite wrestlers live there. Uh, one he had really been hoping for, anticipating. Literally, he would text me and be like, oh, it looks like Adam Cole's coming back, you know, or Adam Adam Cole, you know, looks like he's uh, recovering well. And, you know, just the anticipation of Adam Cole. For those of you who watched Dynamite and all the AW shows that, that last week, you knew that Adam Cole did not come into the ring, was not there live. He did have a pre-taped recorded segment with tony khan announcing a new show um but no adam cole live from what i understand he was physically there i'm sure he was physically there yeah but did not come out because you know that would have made 
Do it in the ring. Do it in the ring. You get the entrance. You get the excitement for the important announcement. All of it, it, it makes perfect sense. But, you know. No, AEW, you denied Greg DeMarco his opportunity to see Adam Cole live in it the happens. flesh. It will, it, it, will, it, will, it will take place. It will Stars take place. will align. This it will, will happen. One some day. way, somehow. But it will not last Wednesday. Not in the past, no. No. So, But we are going to be talking about our experience with that. Uh, and then in the second half of the show, give our thoughts on uh, well, one of the bigger WWE storylines happening right now. Big title change that happened yesterday. The team of Becky Lynch and Lita defeating Damage Control uh, to become your new women's tag team champions. And so we're going to be giving our thoughts on that in the second half. But before we do that, you know, it's time to talk about IDW Impact Zone Wrestling. Now, last week, even though, you know, it's been a bit of time, um, and if you've been following IDW on social media, you know, well, about the big change that happened where IDW had to change the date, uh, well, and the format of Monster. So Monster was originally supposed to be held this past Saturday, but was uh, changed due to uh, an issue with the venue um, with the Horny Toad slash the Grand Avenue Pizza Company. Um, So out of the control of IZW. So with that, IZW announced that uh, their April 22nd show will be Evil Lives featuring Monster. So Monster will still be happening, but it will be now happening on April 22nd as part of Evil Lives. Now, your tickets for Monster will still be honored for April 22nd. Along with that, though, tickets are still available, are now available for Evil Lives. So you can purchase tickets if you didn't already uh, for the April 22nd show. Big announcement coming out this week is that we do have the first entrant uh, for Monster announced, and that is the one and only Navajo Warrior. He is now entering his fourth Monster Rumble. So, um, it's you know, you think of IZW, you think of the Navajo Warrior. When you think of IZW, you think of Monster. So, ergo, when you think of Monster, you think of the Navajo Warrior. That is wrestling math. I'm done. It's wrestling math, and it's it's involves the word ergo. So I mean, how could it not be more appropriate? How could it not? Like, it, you know, logic, philosophy, math. I cover all the subjects here tonight. You're right, though. Three people have competed in every single Monster Rumble, which is crazy to think about, and and you know that it's only been three people that have competed in every single one, and. He enters his fourth. There will be a couple more people that will be entering their fourth as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It, it's can't you know imagine even having one without. And and obviously you know originally was announced to be wrestling against Bryce Saturn in February. Things change with the move, and he will now be entering the Monster Rumble. And and it's very exciting for him for a lot of people. And you know the great thing with the Navajo Warrior, of course, is, is we have. 
You know, in, in wrestling lore, there's this thing called the Road Warrior Pop, which is whenever the Road Warriors came out, you got this reaction when their music hit, whatever. We have the Nav Pop. We have the Navajo Warrior Pop. And the great thing about Monster, of course, is that you don't know when he's coming out. And, and that adds to the fun of it all. So he will be in Monster. Also, he, face paint is like mad over. So that that's still, I mean, it's 2023. Face paint's been over since the 70s. So. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? And he's got, and he just doesn't have face paint. He's got his own brand, his own style of face paint. Yes, it is is very different. But you know, talk about Road, Road Warrior Pop. You know, the face paint nope. helps. Face paint everything. But the Navajo Warrior, thirty three years in the business, will be entering his um, his fourth ever Monster Rumble, the fourth Monster Rumble. He will be in it, and you know, may uh, may pick up the win, and if so. Who knows what a man with, you know, 33 years of experience is going to do with his, a match of his choosing. You mm-hmm. just never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Navajo Warrior has entered Monster. So we'll, we will hopefully get to know more about the participants' entrance of Monster over the next few weeks as we head into April 22nd. Now, one of the things that's a perk of being the unofficial official podcast of IZW, which I have now just claimed, I've staked, I've staked the flag I think in there. It makes sense. Yes, yes. Um, is that, well, we get some pretty exclusive news. Now, by the time you listen to this podcast, it may have been already announced, but later today, a match announcement is going to be made. Um, I also got got the in, you know, from our commissioner, and that's well because this match literally has our commissioner's handprints all over it. Um, and make sure to go visit IZW on social media if you haven't seen it already. But our fearless leader, Commissioner Derek Montilla, has introduced the Derek Montilla match of opportunity. And so, though details have not been set out yet, the competitors in this match, well, I guess, well, handpicked by Commissioner Derek Montilla, and seemingly, you know, the winner of this match will have an opportunity come up. Um, again, we don't know any other details um, yet, but this is officially the Derek Montilla match of opportunity, and it will be with two competitors. Uh, one making his return to IZW after a few years, um, and one really making uh, a breakthrough in this match. Jordan Cruz versus Tyler Cintron in the Derek Montilla match of opportunity. Extremely excited um, for, for multiple reasons. Tyler Cintron, of course, we've talked about him before. He, he made his IZW debut back at NAV 30. And and the thing about Tyler Cintron was he, no one in, in the audience was familiar with him. He'd never competed in the state of Arizona prior to NAV 30. And he came walking through the curtain and from from the, the 18 feet plus so maybe 25 feet, 30 feet from the curtain to the stairs, he had everybody absolutely hating him. He didn't have a microphone. Mm-hmm. He no. didn't even say anything. He just had everybody hating him within a 30-foot walk to the ring and and immediately was – and that's the kind of performer that Tyler Cintron is. And, and he's, you know, an on-again, off-again relationship with professional wrestling. But he is back. Um, he, he had some, you know, 
real life stuff, job stuff, things like that. But he is back. He returned to the ring a couple weeks ago on the East Coast, and and now he's returning back down to IZW here on April twenty second. Very excited about it. He's he's um, he's on. He he does a lot of posting on Twitter about it. It's actually kind of funny. Um, I believe he's sticking with the Britney Spears theme music, maybe the Katy Perry theme music. I don't know, but he will be that. He will be back, and he'll be there. And on the other side of the spectrum, and he's competed in IZW three times, two victories and a really quick exit from a Monster Rumble, um, really quick. And then you flip it around with uh, Jordan Cruz, one match in IZW, and and you know against Graves and defeated by Graves, of course, because nobody's beaten Graves in IZW, and. Yeah. That was a moment for him where he, he still gained that acceptance from the IZW family, from Graves himself, and uh, the opportunity to have him come back and be a part of this event, uh, uh, this big return for him. Not quite a year since he's been gone, but um, still this big return for him is huge. Both men will be a part of IZW moving forward and not just this one one event, but one of them is going to get something. We just yeah. don't know what it is. Uh, Derek is, is, is in, in the most Derek way is, is the match of opportunity, and we'll find out that night, that day of that event, what the ma- what the opportunity. I wonder is what he considers what an opportunity as well. I, I um, mean, so hopefully, you, it's not him. like oh, you, you just have never the know with that guy to become my personal assistant, or you know, uh, or not like a feast or fired situation. I don't, I don't know, but I, I, you know. Opportunity is in the eye of the beholder, and I would hope to see that this is truly an opportunity, which I think so. I mean, uh, Commissioner Derek Montilla, um, you know, is about having people earn, you know, opportunity, um, but he's always too about the value of entertainment. So I think those two things together uh, come in this match um, and we will see, you know, who the winner of this match will be and what opportunity they will earn from commissioner Montia. It's interesting. You talk about having people earn opportunity considering how he got his job, but that's, you know, I mean, do as I say, not as I do type of thing. I don't know. He's like the I, commissioner. I mean, he's the commissioner. somebody had some babies. And so he became commissioner. Like that's just how it worked out. So yeah. Yeah. It it it's yeah. it's and now he's he's got you know we saw last year at Monster with with Mike G wanting to get in um and and his opportunity Derek has never shied away from giving people opportunities regardless of the route they may have to take to get them and now we've got some mysterious opportunity that he will be giving out uh, before the match after the match we don't know to the winner of Tyler Centron versus Jordan Cruz. But that just ups the stakes even more between these two guys making their return to IZW already, jockeying for position, fighting for opportunity, and now they know that some opportunity will be laid in front of them regarding whoever wins this match. And, of course, that's happening on April 22nd at the Horny Toad, Grand Avenue Pizza Company, Evil Lives featuring Monster don't forget to follow uh, IZW at IZW Wrestling AZ on social media, as well as visit IZW at IZWWrestling.com for ticket information, match, and talent announcements. Uh, tickets are still available. Uh, general admission, um, as well as VIP, still available. 
A second row VIP is available. Second row VIP. Front row VIP is is long sold out. Second row VIP, there is still some left. And then, of course, general admission as as will be available. Considering the amount of space we have there, we'll probably remain available. And we'll just keep adding chairs. But, um, But, yeah, that's all available, like you said, at IZW Wrestling AZ on social media. IZWWrestling.com can get you your tickets and, and pick them up and make sure that you're there in person because it's going to be a hell of a night. I can guarantee you that. Got way more to come, many more announcements, and um, you know it's going to be it's going to be one to remember. That's for sure. Given what we've you know basically six months since the last IZW event, and so to be able to come back, um, it's going to be a big one. I promise you that. It will be guarantee it. And if you are looking for something to wear for Evil Lives featuring Monster, I got a place to tell you about, or a website actually. But in order to do that, Greg, go ahead, do me a favor, and wind it up. Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the pair shot to pick up your very own IZW and chair shot t-shirts today. And you are in luck because Pro Wrestling Tees does have a coupon code starting March 1st through March 6th, 20% off your order plus any order over $150 gets free U.S. shipping when you use the code MADNESS23. So 20% off your order when you use the code MADNESS23. That means that when you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, all of those t-shirts, your whole order could be 20% off. That includes various IZW t-shirts like the IZW NWA shirt, the IZW Arizona's Best, the IZW Pride t-shirt, all available in which you can customize uh, in different colors and different t-shirt styles like the t-shirt styles that you'll be able to find in support of the chairshot.com. Like multiple, always use your head t-shirts. The OG chairshot logo, one of my favorites, but not as good as the queen of soft style t-shirt and everybody hates Greg. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. T-shirts start off at $19.99. But if you want to pay a few extra dollars, you can get any t-shirt in soft style. And when you use the coupon code MADNESS23, you can get 20% off your order. Meaning you can essentially get your t-shirt in soft style for free. So all of that extra money would take to order in soft style. You can knock that off when you use that code MADNESS23 to get 20% off of your total order. So what are you waiting for? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Right, we are back for this week's Hashtag Miranda show. And, well, what we're going to be talking about is AEW. Now, we usually stick more with WWE content, NXT, whatever the hell we want to talk about. But Greg and I have, well, a very personal interest in AEW. And that's because this last Wednesday, uh, we attended the AEW event that was held live in Phoenix, which included Dynamite tapings for AEW Rampage and AEW Dark Elevation. So uh, about, what, four hours of wrestling content in one sitting, which, you know, is pretty good, pretty good thing for your buck uh, when it comes to your tickets, you know. But it was definitely a a little bit of a long uh, evening of four hours of consecutive wrestling show uh, to watch. It was a long one. It was like uh, it was like four and a half, probably. I don't know because we left early, but oh, that's um, true. there was still a match left to go when we when we were like, see, ya. and we we're like, nah, we're done. Thank um, you. But yeah, it's it's that's long, like especially in this day and age, mm-hmm. when people like might look at a movie and be like, two and a half hours. Nah, I'm good. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, there's definitely some differences which we'll go into. I'm sure because then we were talking about the differences in the experience there that night. Um, but, but for starters, yeah, when you're doing dark elevation dynamite, which is a two hour live show and then rampage, which seemed to be taped live, but still with commercials when they taped it, like they definitely still paused and, and, and did the things for commercials, even though I wasn't sure why, since it was being taped, but, um, just how they had to do it. So yeah, it was the length is definitely a topic that that's for sure. When you've got over four hours on a Wednesday, it started at five o'clock local time. So that helped. Um, but at the same time, and even and technically started like literally the first match for elevation kicked off at four fifty five. It was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, by, you know, it, for a weeknight, heck of a long show, but that's what they do almost yeah. every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There you go. So let's talk about the format. Um, because for the taping itself, you mentioned 4.55 started with the matches for AEW Dark Elevation. Now, this for us was more just about, uh, you know, us as uh, people who love wrestling, but also know that Elevation is where usually they will utilize local talent to, you know, uh, wrestle in we anticipated seeing local talent um, in there, but really didn't anticipate as many people as we saw. So I think as local wrestling fans, it definitely was a treat to see people that you've worked with um, on that platform having these these matches. Um, as far as the flow of elevation, though, exactly what it, it looks like, you know, pretty quick squash matches, you know, and I and I don't use that term lightly, but, you know, in in just for the purposes of, you know, understanding what elevation is, it's majority of those types of matches, you know, pretty quick uh, matches to get over their talent. 
um, by utilizing local talent. But it's also a big deal for local talent to be on that larger platform. Um, Greg, what are your thoughts on kind of um, of the format of Elevation and seeing talent, especially talent that you work with in IZW, being on that on that platform um, and having that visibility um, on Elevation? I thought the format, I, I wasn't, I mean, it was literally just boom, 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 right? Match after match, yeah. come out, come out. It was weird how they did a countdown for every single match. I thought that was kind of odd where, where, where Dasha Fuentes led everyone in the, the countdown. Um, I don't know if Fuentes is really her last name or if that was her WWE name. I don't know. But I think that was her WWE name. But um, still Dasha. I think they just call her Dasha anyway. No last name. Yeah, yeah. No, it is, it is Dasha. Uh, but um, yeah. But yeah, she did, she did a countdown before. So seven countdowns. Coming back in from from the matches, which just led to an entrance. So it's not like they were doing a big crowd shot or anything like that. But those are just weird things that I just didn't understand. Um, but it was match after match, and and we did get to see a lot of the the local talent, which was great, and um and and just very made me very happy. Of course, knowing that there was more talent they could have used and didn't that that always you know is sad for those people. But for those who got on. You know, nine different talents uh, who are part of the IZW family got to wrestle on on this night, which was just huge for for us to see, and, and huge for them, and huge for everybody. Um, you know, the first ones that came out were, um, you know, Aguila and EJ Sparks, and and that started off like like the crowd was literally chanting for EJ Sparks, and that was mm-hmm. I know made his day, but also just you you when you watch Elevation. It's audible. You can hear it. Um, yeah. You thought it was really, really good. Um, they they speak no background whatsoever. If you watch Elevation, like there's nothing. They don't talk about the talent at all outside of their names and maybe what they're wearing. But they they literally have it's it's and it's the commentary team is weird too. It's, it's Big Show, Paul White, and um, Angelo Parker. Or Matt Menard, and I think Angela Parker from Jericho Appreciation Society. So basically, two color commentators, no play-by-play person, but they're both kind of doing play-by-play at the same time. Big Show, by the way, sounds like Gorilla Monsoon on commentary. It's very interesting to listen to. As you can tell, I don't <laughs> I have watch to listen because I, I have not heard that, but I could. That makes sense. Hey, from his voice, he sounds like it. He yeah. could definitely pull it off. He knows the the body, the business, all that stuff to pull off the Gorilla Monsoon, but. Um, it is weird. Like they took turns introducing the matches, all that. That's from the viewing of, of dark elevation. Obviously, um, they didn't even introduce the commentators, which WWE does. They did it for Rampage, but that was it. They didn't do it for Dynamite, yeah. um, unless that was when we were out. Well, and um, and really, elevation just really feels now seeing it from that other side of being there as a live fan. It truly feels like more of a YouTube show. Oh yeah, you know. The, the way that they structure it is truly more based around how it's being filmed for YouTube than it is a live show. Whereas, and we'll talk about the differences between, you know, Dynamite and Rampage and all of that. Um, and I would imagine even Dark, um, which is, you know, taped in Florida, um, that does seem to, you know, maybe be a little bit more crowd focused where this one is more about the content that they're putting together for, you know, YouTube. Um, so I, I think that that has a huge influence on why, you know, some of the countdown format is the way it is or no introductions of commentary or even the way how commentary only just highlights the AEW wrestlers. Um, it's, it's more of a 
of a YouTube show yes. and even just, you know, the um, aftermath of that, you know, the circulation around social media, um, the photo, all of it is it to me, it truly feels like that is a Internet show. Um, it is. And it does. It's Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even the flow of, you know, what that is in real time, like we talked about, bam, 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 bam. When you're there live, you know. You go, you go through nine matches on, you know, what, an hour? Like, no one does yeah. that. But, on, uh, you know, online, it has a little bit more of a flow to it. So, to me, I think that was one of the more stark differences in, you know, knowing the format online versus being there in person. Just how kind of bam, 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 you just go through, get it done. But they yeah, do a... For anybody who watches a kid, it's very superstars of wrestling, right? They were all squash matches, yeah. the occasional main event. It is interesting because when when, Evol- when when Elevation first started, that wasn't the case. Well, they mm-hmm. used to record Dark and Elevation together, and Dark was just all the squash matches and then the occasional main event. And Elevation was typically stars versus stars in AEW, even if they weren't the stars getting so much of the spotlight on Dynamite and later Rampage, it was still... The me- the results weren't a given in um, yeah. I elevation. feel like things have shifted. I feel like they Rampage did. has kind of taken over that a little bit, and then Dark it has. They're trying moved to into a different role. And, the ratings are Rampage yeah. have been terrible, but Dark has really become just a localized version of or Dark Elevation. They should just call it Elevation. Has just become a localized right. version of of Dark. But that does allow us to see nine different performers. And and well, eight of them that were on elevation because one was on rampage. But to see them, to see them get those opportunities like that was worth it for me to have a different format because that allowed us to see what we saw and and to see all those wrestlers get to do that in in that way um, was was just a blast. And and it's very very interesting um, to talk to some people. And I've known some things about how dark works, but learning even more. Um, there were sometimes the announcer didn't even know who the wrestler was until the wrestler mm-hmm. told them. That was. Um, I wish I could do that, right? Like I could just literally go into a ring and be like, "Oh, you are? Can you? Name? You okay, know? Good, yeah. What's your name? Yeah, I could exactly do all of that." Name. And that's Is the thing they didn't. All they said was their name. It was very yeah. NXT. That's all they said was their name. Yeah. Um, but still, that's that's you're you're absolutely right about that. It, it's a. Seemingly much more loose. Yeah. Not and there yeah, was format that's, structure. That's a great and that's this more applies to Dynamite Rampage and Dark, but there is this it's it's easy to call it a lower level of professionalism, but that's not accurate. It was still professional, but it was definitely more casual at times. Cash. In between it's matches. Super cash. And, and I think that's okay. I had no problem with it, but a definite difference between that. Um, and, and WWE is probably more in that direction now with the change in leadership, but it was definitely yeah more casual, more laid back in terms of things that went on between matches and which plays to that fan base, which is a very wink nudge in the no fan base anyway, which is why it's limited, but it works for them and, and it definitely works for them. And that was a theme throughout the entire night of, of what they were doing. So I definitely enjoyed that aspect of it as well. But seeing all the local talent and and then you did get the one um you know main event match with with Lee Johnson and you know I can't remember the guy's last name now. Takashita? Takashita? Yeah, 
Takashi, Takashi. I can't remember uh, his last name. Uh, Takashi. Takashi. It, it looks like I'm pronouncing it the way that it looks, but that's not correct. And I have avidly said I am not the best with Japanese names. I will. Let's see here, because it's. I now have to literally scroll. Takashita, yeah. Takashita. Kanosuke okay. Takashita. That's what is Takashita. Okay. I still cool. think that might not be. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. yeah, that may not be. But that, that's not the point. 100%. But overall, uh, it was fine, right? It was inoffensive. I had no problems with Dark Elevation. Uh, would have liked to have seen a couple other people on there as well locally. I, I, from what I understand, there might have been um, a person. There was a person or two that were brought in for Elevation. Um specifically someone like a Brian Cage who didn't end up having a match. I don't know if it was a time mm-hmm. thing. I don't know what it was because this was taped before the, you know, for between 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. And 6 p.m. is when Dynamite goes live on the mm-hmm. air. So yeah. I think it was more of a, we're going to fit in every match we can. We're yeah. going to get to um, to to Takashita in his main event match. And if we don't get you on, we don't get you on. But I do know there was a, at least two other talents who were brought in for Dark Elevation that didn't end up working, being Brian Cage and yeah. Anna Jay. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Let's jump into the Dynamite. We'll go in the flow of, of the night. So right after that, like you mentioned, started Dynamite um, right at 6. And I would say this was my favorite part of the, the whole night. Um, the structure of Dynamite was really exciting, and I have to admit, the match they started off with was much better than expected, and that was Wheeler Yuta versus Orange Cassidy. Um, you know, we had been talking about why you're having your Ring of Honor Pure Champion versus your, you know, uh, an Atlantic Champion. You know, what is that going to do um, for Wheeler Yuta uh, with momentum going in um, to the upcoming Ring of Honor event, but you know, overall, this was, I think, the best wrestling match of the entire night. Um, and we'll talk about Rampage because uh, that was something. Uh, but I, I would say, to me, this was a this was a really great way to start the show. Uh, I think it was placed well. I think the entire match was entertaining. Um, you know, some aspects in the storyline now with the uh, Blackpool Combat Club with. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli coming in a few times. I think that was another common thread is that they don't hit on things just once. They kind of beat you over the head with it a little bit. Um, There's no such thing as subtlety there um, for whatever that's worth. But overall, I, this was my favorite match of the night. I definitely enjoyed the match. It felt a bit long. Um, I kind of, and it was announced as having a 20 minute time limit. And I think it, and it's weird because even on commentary, they never teased the time limit draw aspect, even though mm-hmm. it went past like 17 minutes. Um, and then I figured they could have gone to a draw because that makes sense. You've got two different champions wrestling each other. Yeah. Um, but I thought Wheeler Yuta looked fine, even in, even in the loss. Um, it's weird because I, I, I disagree with the hitting you over the head stuff. There's a lot of subtleties that they don't explain that they probably should explain. Um, but it's, you know, with, with Claudio and, and the Blackpool Combat Club with 100% less Blackpool now, um, it was, yeah, he came out, he smacked him in the face, and then he came out after the match like it definitely worked. And then we saw, you know, Wheeler and, and Claudio again later. But 
Um, would have been nice to see Claudio wrestle, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, but I've seen Claudio wrestle a million times, so I'm not worried about that. But it was good. I mean, Wheeler Yuta's weird, doesn't look like a very intimidating pro wrestler. Um, he looks like he would be in the crowd, but he definitely wins them over as the match progresses. Mm-hmm. Crowd definitely got into the match as it went along. Mm-hmm. Um, it started off as being like mainly the AEW diehards who were into it. And there was a good chunk of people who had no idea who these two guys were, but as it progressed, they, you know, crowds follow along with, with those, with the others that are there. And by the end of it, everybody was into it and, and everybody was going nuts for it. So um super excited for what they did. I thought it was a good choice to open the, the event, to be honest yeah. with you. And um, in comparison to some of the other matches, now in hindsight, this is was the best place match. Yeah, either this or the main event, the only two that really could have opened the show. Um, mm-hmm. Besides that, I don't think any of the other matches would have worked as the opener, in in my opinion. So, any of the other matches, I'm just going to hop around. Uh, the acclaimed versus Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. We were there for the acclaimed. Um, they were on the list super, of, of things that we wanted to see. Yes. Yes, and they were over huge. Um, so many pairs of scissors in the crowd. Um, there I weren't, mean, though. That's that- the thing. We talked about it that night. Far less scissors than you see in a typical AEW crowd. But but this is also, you know, Phoenix. But, but there were it, scissors. Not, yes. Yeah, so there lots of scissors. So, um, I yeah, they are just as dynamic in person as they are on TV. I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm trying to remember. There was a bunch of shenanigans happening. Of course. Uh, there, too, uh, with the ass boys and all this other stuff. You know, lots of chaos ensued. But the acclaim came out victorious. Um, so that's... Which... I was sent home happy. I, that's a theme for me with this event is... The acclaim should not have won this match. When the ass boys came out and causing a distraction, like there's far too many people overcoming distractions to win matches that would not have mattered if they lost. Like if you're going to have a distraction, you might as well let Big Bill and Lee Moriarty win the match. Just like what happened on Rampage with the distraction that happened to the Young Bucks. Like if you're going to do the distraction, have it mean something, have the distraction, let them get one up on on the acclaimed. Um yeah. You still would have had the giant scissoring at the end of the match and all that kind of stuff. So you still would have made the crowd happy. But to me, it felt like that was a, a unnecessary loss for Big Bill Lee Moriarty when there was interference that could have allowed them to win the match. So yeah. that's just me. It's like, why do that? And then so now it's like, OK, you're not even good enough to win the match with interference. So yeah. that's my personal problem shenanigans well we see a little bit of all of those elements in the next match which was the revolution tag team battle royal uh, which the winners would be added to the uh four-way tag match for the tag team championships at the revolution pay-per-view now you and i uh came with our best friend's shirt we did um shirt so that's who we were repping and we were going to do that regardless but once we found out the best friends were in the tag match that automatically became our favorites but we also had some other favorites in there the lucha bros had a really big response too so they were part of you know my favorites in there um 
But as you talk about two things like distractions and, you know, winning, you know, utilizing distractions to win or not needing distractions to, to win, um, lots of shenanigans happening at the end of this match, um, that led the team of Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett to win and be added to that match. I was pretty heartbroken, you know, not at, you know, that, that's kind of the flip side. You had the keep, you know, take them home happy with the acclaim winning, but, um, pretty big heels in Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett winning, um, this battle Royal to make it to the revolution pay-per-view. It, it is, you know, the best, and the best friends were the last team eliminated from that when Trent was still in the match. Um, so close. So close. Very, very close. He got lethal out of there, but he didn't get Jared out. So Jared actually wins the battle Royal, um, which he did just lose his father last week. So, so I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it it just brings up more questions. Like, why are we even having a four way tag team match for the tag titles when the acclaim just lost them to the ass boys and there's your match. But I guess they Mm -hmm. always do a four way at revolution, even though it's not like the revolution four way. I don't know. I don't um, know. I'm again, these are things that they should do a better job explaining. But it just seems weird that the acclaim's not getting the one on one, two on two, whatever match here. But but from the actual battle royal itself, it was a battle royal. It was fine for a battle royal. It was weird because again, usually in a battle royal, when you get eliminated, your partner's out too. That wasn't the case here. The other problem I had with the battle royal was the entrances because we got a few of yes. them. Yes, and then when we went to commercial. These teams the are really entering in the dark, including the Lucha Bros. And that to me was like, locally, they're essentially your biggest stars in the match. And you can't give them an entrance. The Butcher and the Blade got an entrance with right. music. Your and, winners and, didn't get an entrance. I know. Like, and, and you're assuming as the viewer that these all got, these people all got entrances during the commercial break. And if you were at, say, Raw, they would get an entrance during commercial break, a full entrance. But in AEW, it's like, we're at commercial, so the stage is dark, and here come these more wrestlers. And people are like, oh, wait, that's Pentagon and Phoenix. And it's like, give them an entrance, dude. In Phoenix, especially in Arizona, give them an entrance. So that was a weird part to me. But the crowd knew they were in there, figured it out. Got very much behind them during the match. And of course, they lost. They weren't even in the final two, um, but they were a big factor and, and lots of stories told during the match as well. So, um, again, these little, a lot of the nitpicky things are not the in ring stuff, it's all the mm-hmm. other things that happen outside of, of the actual in ring action that does seem to set companies apart, including AEW. Uh, other matches we had Sky Blue versus uh, Soraya. Um, I think there's more to talk about that on Rampage because of the storyline pretty much carrying through and essentially cop and paste, mix and match. Uh, the storyline you know you have with uh, Soraya and Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, uh, and Jamie Hayter slash Britt Baker, you know. Pretty much whatever you saw on Dynamite, you saw on Rampage, and whatever you saw on yeah, Rampage, just kinda, you saw on Dynamite. Let's change up the order a little bit. Sky Blue, again, no entrance. No introduction, even. Yeah, no introduction, which surprised me. Yeah, we're in a city that she's probably never even been in before, let alone yeah. wrestled. But the fans knew her. like she, you know, and, uh, It and was, again, not, it was the, the diehards yeah. knew her, and yeah. everyone else picked up on it. 
as, yeah. as the match went along. And thank goodness for the AEW diehards for the rest of the audience. But again, it's like, at least on Dark, people got their names introduced. Like, Sky Blue's right? yeah. on the roster and doesn't get her, her name said. Now, they did have a graphic television-wise, and this is a TV mm-hmm. show, not a live wrestling event. Her name was was on the graphic, and and obviously commentary was referring to her. But I think it it didn't it didn't hurt in the end. Um, but I think it could have worked to have have her announced. Um, but again, nitpicky thing did not at the end of the day was not a deal breaker for this event whatsoever. And I want to make sure fans that do criticize AEW and criticize WWE will 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 harp on something little as if it ruined the event, and and nothing ruined this event. Save for maybe one match that we'll talk about later. But again, even that didn't ruin the event, just ruined that match. Now, we've talked about it a little bit, but we'll get it a bit more in depth. So Tony Khan's important announcement was the announcement of a new unscripted television show. I believe it's called AW All Access. Yes. Yes. Um, And he had some help in this announcement with the one, the only, Adam Cole. And I don't know if I can't hear if you did. Oh, I did it. Oh, okay. I did it. Okay. Uh, so that now you just have have your moment here. I know you you were really hoping to see Adam Cole in person, um, live. I just wanted to do the thing. Uh, let's yeah. be honest. I just wanted to do the thing. You know, I got the scissor. I got to 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 do the Jericho song, which you haven't talked about yet. I just wanted to do the thing, and I didn't get to do the thing, and I've still never gotten to do the thing. Because when Takeover was here, he he came out with, you know, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, but but didn't leave the stage. And then after Takeover, when they filmed the angle for the Super Bowl halftime show, he ran in with no introduction and no no finger pointing. So yeah. I, I, it just it's just selfish. I just want to do the thing. I'm not gonna lie. Would have been cool. Didn't get to do the thing. I did skip over part of the beginning of the show with uh, Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho, and that promo and segment. And that's the thing we did get to do. We did get to sing along to Judas, so that was pretty cool. I have to admit. Yep. First um, of two opportunities. First of two. The first one was the best one. Oh yeah, first one was the best for one. sure. For sure. um, and it's but, weird too because Ricky's and this is just uh, again nitpicking. There were people advertised who weren't there, and the card subject to mm-hmm. change. But when you're coming to a market like Phoenix and you advertise a guy like Sting, um, you, you better damn well know what you're doing. Um, yeah, because there were we saw multiple Stings. We saw multiple Stings, not the real Sting though. Uh, that one guy could have been, but the other guy definitely. Wasn't. I mean, the first one could have been. The first one really could have been could've really been. good. He was talking to his thing. mom on the phone, but it could have been Sting. Yeah, um, but could have so, been Sting. So you advertise Sting front and center on the graphic, pretty much, and and you don't get Sting, but you don't advertise. Well, I think he was on the initial graphic. Jericho was, but but in all, everything that was announced for Dynamite. Including, you know, we will hear from Brian Danielson, which they like to do. There was no advertisement for Ricky Starks, and there was no advertisement for Chris Jericho. Now, advertising Jericho, you don't have to because he he interrupts a promo. But Starks was obviously a planned promo, like he got his full entrance, everything. Mm-hmm. But I was very happy to see Starks, of course. Um, yes, having you know, just, brought him here 
back in 2016. He's he's in a great peak right now. Yes. I mean, the, the look is there. The attitude is there. I think he is in a very comparable. Um, he has a very comparable, you know, uh, opponent, not just in the ring, but personality and promo wise in Chris Jericho. And I think this is such a great utilization of, of Chris Jericho right now um, in being able to elevate someone like Ricky who has really a lot of the talent in the in the world but you need the right foil which yep. Jericho is at this moment so that I was it was a very entertaining um promo a segment between between them yeah even had you know the the, the moment where um you know Jericho was going to sign the contract but unfortunately Ricky I don't have a pen and Ricky does and that of course is good to do in a WWE city because then you have Jericho holding the pen overhead like he's done, you know, many, many times before. You just made the list! When he would put people on the list, and then the pen got over. And when he clicked the pen, that yeah. got a huge reaction from the crowd. An even bigger reaction I noticed when I watched it back. Um, and I don't think it was a bigger reaction because they mic'd the crowd, because that's something that you and I noticed as well. The audio at this event was very different than a WWE event. Um, what was loud in the arena was, was very different. On television, theme songs and things of that were, were, were as loud as they should be. But in the arena, they weren't nearly as loud as they would be for a WWE event. Um, but great to see Jericho. Great to see Starks. The whole promo segment worked really well. Actually, one of my favorite parts of the show, even watching it back. You know, the whole yeah. Jericho thinks he outsmarted Ricky Starks when really he, he, he fell for everything that Ricky was doing. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I think Ricky wins that match, and then it's like, okay, what are they going to do after that? Because that's always yeah. the concern with AEW. When something mm-hmm. wraps up with somebody, it's like they might disappear for a while and go hang out with Miro and play video games. You just never know. So, um, but I really, really, really enjoyed that segment. Probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite aspects of the night. Yeah. Another segment you had, you just mentioned, uh, we heard from Daniel Bryan. Um, going into his upcoming match with MJF and we got MJF himself. The also not advertised also world not champion, advertised. not advertised for the event, but was um, there. you know, it was funny because we had just talked about MJF uh, on last week's episode of the podcast, MJF versus Austin theory. And one of the things that was talked about in that meme is MJF promos. Um, this MJF promo got dark quick. And, you know, there was speculation even afterwards that he was was fueled by real life situations that may have happened. You know, regardless, it was a kind of a darker direction in this. Usually, you know, there's there's cockiness, there's humor, there's, you know, uh, arrogance to it. But this was a much darker turn. And, you know, I appreciated that. But I, I agree with the point that you were saying as far as, you know, this they they could have come to this a little bit later on that you know they're putting a lot of fuel on this fire really quickly and that means that maybe it burns real bright right away but then it will die pretty quickly so you know unless they know exactly what they're going to be doing right after this feud um you know they could really they're really going to burn through a match that they could actually you know stretch out over a few months um, but again, I think this, this also was a turning point for MJF. And again, whether this was due to real life circumstances, whether this is a different side of MJF that we're going to see in this feud, 
I at least appreciated this this subtlety change in dynamic because you know Dan Bryan or Brian Danielson is over as a rover, you know. Yep. But I think that what's going to be different about this is how um, you know MJF he could do the same old same old, you know, making fun of Dan, you know Brian Danielson, but this one you know really rooted in a more personal thing and in that aspect of you know, Brian Danielson has gotten everything that he's wanted, you know, in perspective of someone like MJF who's still very new in his career. And um, I could sense, you know, it's, of course, jealousy, but it's also more of someone who, you know, has reached the mountaintop versus MJF, who is still kind of climbing and trying to to, to keep his position as long as, as you know, humanly possible. So, um, yeah, the, that whole promo, again, was different than I expected it to go, but overall... Yeah really well delivered and um a side that i didn't expect to see but i uh, you know thought it was it was a good step forward yeah it, it was and and he you know doing things like revealing that his fiance left him which has been widely since reported as being true um that that his fiance did in fact be like peace and it wasn't that long ago that i think they got engaged too but it's yeah he does get personal and pull it all out almost painting himself as a baby face and, 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 but isn't in the end, it is weird though. You talked about how, you know, Daniel Bryan Danielson has reached the mountaintop and then you have MJF who really is still climbing. This could have easily been for the TNT championship or the all American championship. It, it MJF doesn't quite feel like a world champion yet. Maybe he will after this, who knows? Um, it, it's, you know, his first pay-per-view title defense, I believe. So maybe this will make him feel more like the company's top person, world champion, but did not feel that way. Even in this promo, it was as if the world championship was secondary. No one talked about the importance of the world championship. MGF did a little bit, said it was the only thing that was keeping him going. But even then, he refers to it more as Triple B and and all that. Like, again, it really could have been for any of their many titles. Didn't seem like it doesn't really revolve around the world title it just revolves around um mjf and 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 daniel bryan danielson so interesting it, it's almost as if the, the feud doesn't need the title even though that's what daniel bryan danielson yeah. kind of wants um last but not least for dynamite you had the main event john moxley versus evil uno and uh, this was a bloody match. And I don't know how intentional it was supposed to be bloody, but it got bloody. I don't think it was just because of the way he was bleeding and, and all of that. I don't think that was intentional. Moxie didn't bleed during the match, blood after the match. And he bleeds and everything. But I do have a, I do wonder if Evil Uno bled and, and wasn't planned bleeding and, and whatnot. Um, there was a lot of criticism of this match going in. That, you know, of all the people you could have main event, your your first event in a big market, huge crowd for AEW. They don't normally draw seven plus thousand people for Dynamite on average. I think the Texas swing they were doing before was like three and four thousand people in attendance. The El Paso one looked pretty bad on television, actually, in, in some pockets. Um, but it, it, this great crowd in your main event and getting now John Moxley, obviously big draw for them. Evil Uno, not. But um Cool, having Moxie come out, you know, he entered actually, you know, somewhat in front of us and, and through the water bottle and everything, which is great. The I was really surprised. I've never given two shits about Evil Uno 
or the dark order for that matter. Um, yeah, it was starting to gain traction with, with Brody Lee. And of course that tragically ended, but they've really been directionless, everything. And then evil Uno looks like you, you take Kevin Owens shirt off and put a mask on him. And then you have evil Uno, but he really won the crowd over in this match to the point where they were chanting for evil Uno after the match and the post-match shenanigans were over and, and Uno could, he could have a place, you know, we talked about mm-hmm. there. We just talked last week, how Sami Zayn is, is the modern day Mick Foley for WWE. Evil Uno could be that for yeah. AEW. He I, really could I, fulfill I that Mick Foley he really, role. And there's something endearing about the dark order that people have had, had a special place in their heart really since Brody's passing, but even before then. Yeah. Um, but especially afterwards, you know, there was a very special place that people just held this regard for the Dark Order. And I agree. I just, I think it is something where, um, you know, the original intent of it to be more menacing and crazy has changed more into this lovable group. And, and that's more of, of the content filmed behind the scenes. You know, so I think that that's an endearing part. And then on top of that, you have now more of this endearing mascot um, with with Evil Uno, you know. Um, So, but again, it's that would require storytelling that they just is not their strong suit. And I don't know how they lean into things like that. Um, They tend to lean into those things when the talent is behind it. And the talent mm-hmm. is pushing it. So if somebody pushes for Evil Uno and even 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 Evil Uno himself pushing mm-hmm. forward, I think it could work. A big thing after Brody Lee passed away was, you know, is Hangman Page going to become the leader of the Dark Order? What's going to happen to the Dark Order? Is is they going to find a leader for the Dark Order? I think they have the guy in in Evil yeah. Uno, and I think in the Dark Order is really just him. And and John Schuyler and Alex Reynolds at this point, since you know five, I think is the one who's gone, and and ten mm-hmm. is is now with with uh, with Roosh. So it's, I think they could do something with it. I think they should do something with it. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for the Dark Order to get an opportunity, and, and you know, and maybe you could even re-sign Uno's partner and, and bring Dose back. I don't know. Um, but to me, and they still team up on, on the Indies, but um, to me, like, I think Uno earned something. And my concern is that it's going to be typical AEW fashion. A, did they expect that to happen with Uno and him to get over so much? And B, are they going to do anything with it, really, outside of the stuff with Hangman Page and, and, and his interactions with them? Because that... It, and that's tough with wrestling. Sometimes you have plans and then things happen and it's like, are you in a position to adjust and do something with Uno in the dark order? And, and I hope so, even if it was just a run at the trios titles after the house of black and, and the elite finish up um, anything yeah. with the dark order, because if you don't, then where'd that momentum go, right? You have momentum yes. now with Uno, let's do something and, and we'll see. But to me, I thought it was a crappy main event going into it. And and I think there's this guy in Evil Uno who basically said, hey, this is my opportunity, right? It was Eminem mm-hmm. singing 8 Mile all over again. He probably did experience some mom spaghetti earlier in the day. And he got his one shot. And I think I don't think he could have done anything more with it than what he yeah. did. And he didn't even submit. 
he passed out. Yep. Like they gave mm-hmm. him the the non you know non submission victory as well. Um, and it's weird because him winning or him losing was was made sense because Moxley got this big match, but and there was no real interference that that happened. Makes again like the acclaimed winning when they probably shouldn't have and stuff like that even make less sense. But again, it's AEW's a fan service promotion, so there is some of that. And and Tony Khan will learn that over time. And and if they're still around five, six years from now, that's a match the acclaim would probably lose. Yeah. Rampage is a match the Bucks probably lose. But Moxley was gonna win, should have won that match, and that was the right decision to make. Yeah. And despite the fact that it was evil Uno and and people, you know, had whatever reservations they had, it delivered. And I was glad to to see it and I really hope they do something with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. We are going to go into the last phase and talk about Rampage real quick. Uh, started off with the Young Bucks and Aussie Open, which felt like forever. At this point, we were there for three hours. And this, I believe, was the longest match of the night. One more than and, three hours. Because if you remember, yeah. obviously, they started a few minutes early and, and with the dark elevation taping. But it took them, God, it took them at least 20, 25 minutes yeah. to change the set for Rampage. And, and, you know, they had to change the ring apron. They had to change the canvas because of all the blood. They literally changed all the, the cover of all the guardrails around the ring. Like y'all got to figure that shit out. Um, it should not take that long. A lot of people did leave, but not everybody. There were still plenty of people there for the rampage portion of the event. Um, I'd say maybe at most like 30% of the people left. I could be wrong. It's just a guesstimate on my part. Um, but still there were more people there from rampage after everyone left than what have been there for recent dynamite tapings. So great again representation from the Phoenix market for AEW. They could probably run Phoenix at least twice a year. And and you know, they run LA a lot, they run Chicago a lot, they run all these markets. Like it could be a twice a year market for them just like it is for WWE. At least WWE typically does TV tw- TV twice and at least one house show. But I think the fans showed up and they could do that. But yeah, like it took way too long for the changeover in my opinion. Yeah, it did. And I think then going into that match and it being as long as it was, and it being just a young bucks match of lots of things happening, not a a lot of it making sense. And then you had the blackout moment during the match, um, you know, for house of black and kind of to your point with the acclaim, it not creating enough interference for the, to create any chaos with the young bucks. So they still won. And then House of Black coming out afterwards. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot in the match itself, in the, in the distractions. It was a lot to digest. It was, it was a lot. The match itself. I mean, and and seeing it and there's the, 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 the tombstone spot has gotten a lot of run on social media and it's interesting because a lot of people are saying like, you know, my big complaint is, is Rick Knox literally counting to four and then just stopping and watching three to four men in the ring for two to three minutes. And people are like, well, apparently there's a running joke that they pay off Rick Knox all the time. That's why he refs all their matches. But again, <laughs> I can't have to watch a YouTube show to understand your show. Like that's just not what, how this is supposed to work. And and it's not, that's not the only time they did it. They did it during the match with the acclaimed and, and the firm as well. Um, why bother with, like, you just made your referee look like an idiot over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And, and if it takes you that long to set up your spots, you're not really that good at tag team wrestling. 
And, and that's a controversial statement because some people think they're the best tag team in the world. They're not for that reason, but they could be if they, you know, did understood what they were doing a little bit better. Um, but that's just who they are. And, and that's never going to change till they retire. Um, but also made the Aussie open look like garbage because they're a team that I guess people have really high hopes for. Supposedly they were only in this match because they've been complaining publicly about not getting matches for, for AEW despite being there. Um, and, and so with what happened, yeah, they just looked stupid. They, they looked like they were unworthy opponents for the young bucks in the end. They did the blackout spot. The young bucks still win. And, and then of course you had the house of black sort of coming out afterwards. Lights go out again. They show up. Lights go out again. They're gone. That was another thing that was edited for television. That second, you know, those blackouts took a while to let them get out there on TV. They were quick. Um, they, they mm-hmm. were quick blackouts and, and the match itself was heavily edited for time still looked like fake garbage, but, um, that's the young bucks. And, and I'm almost tired of complaining about the young bucks cause it ain't going to change. I'm just glad they didn't give Kenny Omega a microphone to be honest with you. <laughs> cause he just, well, then, just little say, victories. Good night. Bang. And, and that's it. Like, I'm the beginning um, of the show. yeah, with the show that's not over yet. Um, but I was, yeah, I, had that match been last and that was the one we didn't see and we left for, I would have been okay. That's for yes. sure. Yes. But, yeah. Uh, also on uh, Rampage, we had Tony Storm uh, facing Willow Nightingale, as we already kind of talked about. Kind of a copy and paste of what was on Dynamite, you know, uh, to the viewers a few days ago, to us an hour ago, um, where Tony Storm defeated Willow. They try to spray paint Willow. Ruby comes out, makes the save. Jamie Hayter comes out, circle. So to to me, I just, you know, you don't have very many women's spots on the show, but the fact that you literally duplicate the same thing just with, a, you know, different people um, or, you know, people taking slightly different roles is a little disappointing, but not not surprising. Yeah, it, it's, it's I, I will say this, though. Um, yeah, not surprising. You would think that this women's feud was the biggest story in the entire company by the mm-hmm. way that they played it off. Um, I was last Wednesday and you know this from being there. I was last Wednesday years old when I found out that Ruby Soho was a song and a thing. I yes. Know. You learned that. You learned that good. I did. And that's a good one. Yeah. It was good. good. And, and actually I thought it was, it was as good and it makes perfect sense, but I had no is idea. It, that, is it due to snow? But that's a fun ass song. It was actually. It was fun to hear people do and, and you know and when you're singing it, I'm like, Oh, this is obviously a thing, I just don't know it's a thing. And and you yeah. explained to me that it was and, and then I immediately knew. So I learned something too. Like like this is part of part of the dynamite experience. I got to learn things. So yep. thank you. Uh we Solo. we saw the return of Lance Archer, um, at the expense of someone that we know. Um let you know, Bryce Saturn valiant effort. Um, and by that, we just meant thank you for, for you know, surviving yep. it. But, uh, you know, Pin me, pay th- me, that, job squad. Yes. Uh, yes. He got to attack him on the ramp, though. That was interesting. Like, mm-hmm. didn't expect that from Bryce Saturn. Um, another situation where it was like a what's your name kid while in the ring. And then, funny story, because I ran into some people after leaving the event before getting to my vehicle and, and talked about some of this. The, it, it was literally like a, what's your name kid in the ring. And then, Oh, 
you're one of the IZW guys. So <laughs> that was, um, you know, cause Justin Roberts of course has been around multiple IZW shows has announced on two of them and, and has been around more of them. So to have that was good and, and, and cool, but, but just great to see Bryce get to do that. Um, get to be a part of it. Um, as you know, I was getting messages during the event about some people who were getting matches and people who weren't. Um, I did later find out that, um, they, no one really knew that, 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 that Bryce was doing that until when mm-hmm. he went out and he was literally telling people, Oh, I'm about to go out. Like the organization for some of these things is not there. I can tell you from, from what I've been told in the past and confirmed with this past Wednesday, but at the end of the day, it happens and it happens and it's still a great experience for our talent. Um, some of them had to get different names like Daniel Evans instead of Evan Daniels. Um, I'm glad Bryce Saturn got to be Bryce Saturn, even though it was a Bryce Remsburg. I'm glad they didn't go down that road, but, um, I'm just really happy for all of them and, and to see, cause as you know, it was like, we're going to see who Lance Archer's opponent is. And then we're going to leave if it's not somebody that, cause I figured, you know, when it was like Lance Archer in action in my brain, I'm like, okay, this might be another local wrestler. So yeah. I want to make sure we're there for it. Cause I would hate to have left and then found out later that it was one of our, our talents. Um, and, and him, you know, capping off nine different IZW talents being there was just a huge source of, of pride. Cause usually there's local talent, but I, I can't remember a time and I don't follow dark that closely where there's that many from one company. Um, and they wrestle elsewhere too, but, but they've all made a home in IZW as well. So to have them do that and to have Bryce get to have that opportunity on national television, you know, 460,000 people or whatever, watch that episode of, of rampage. Um, that's just awesome for, for him to get to do and be a part of. So I'm glad we made it for that part and then just didn't stay for Sammy Guevara because of Sammy Guevara. So, yeah, no, nah, we were fine. Um, so that is our review of um, our experience at AEW uh, dynamite slash rampage slash dark elevation. Um, another interesting aspect, uh, and it's not so much related to this, but something that's fairly unique right now is that coming up um, in the month of March, WWE will be coming into town actually on Monday, March 27th for Monday Night Raw. And guess which two people will be there. So uh, these ones. And by that, I mean, you know, we can't see. Yep. But um, so we will be there and uh, it will an interesting kind of compare and contrast situation. Um, it's the same arena that they'll be in, and um, WWE, gosh, hasn't been, I think we calculated what three years since they were here. No, no, they've we been to? here for multiple, they've been here for Raw and SmackDown since then. We went to SmackDown, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, three yes. years like almost to the day. Yeah. In fact, it was the day Dynamite was the three year anniversary of the of the first ever IZW Monster event. The day before was when you and I went to SmackDown in Glendale. Um, they've been in town for Raw, SmackDown, and House Show since then. They were here for SmackDown over the summer, it was July first. Yes, I they went to were. That, yes, and it wasn't that good live. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and then they had a House Show later on in like October ish, I think. And then of course now they're back for the last Raw before WrestleMania. So it's obviously that Phoenix is a huge market for the company and, and, uh, and could be a big market for AW as well, but it's going to be interesting to, to compare the experiences. 
to see the differences. We will we'll give you our thoughts on that much later on um, after Raw. But there you go. Our thoughts, experiences uh, with AEW uh, coming to Phoenix. Uh, we are going to take a quick commercial break and we get back. Uh, some quick thoughts on the Women's Tag Team Championship storyline. Uh, Becky Lynch and Lita becoming your new uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions um, this past Monday on Raw. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Oh, and we're back. I was on mute. Uh, so to wrap up today's show, we're going to be talking about your new uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Becky Lynch and Lita defeated Damage Control on Monday Night Raw this past week. I have to admit, I did not see this match. I just saw the clips and just saw the news about it. But Greg, you had a take you wanted to share on this week's show uh, about the match, the story. Um, what is it exactly that you, you wanted to touch on? So... This won't be a popular take. Um, Lita looked like absolute garbage in that match. Like, and and I mean, I get it. She's worked, what, four matches since 2012. I understand that. And there's been a lot of people disagreeing with me on this. Not a lot, but a few. Like, really vehemently upset at this. And it looked like she wasn't trying that hard. Now, if physically she can't, I get it. That's fine. Don't Don't get in the ring. Like, don't put her in this position. And, and because what people don't understand is like, there, there, there could be times where she has to support somebody else's weight, get somebody over for a move, do things that, that, that are our safety issue and a safety factor. And I just, I get the nostalgia factor of it all. Uh, I think that's great. And I understand nostalgia and it's rolling pro wrestling, but like Lido looked awful and, and it's, it's. Almost to like exposing the business levels of awful during that match. And I know it was a great moment. It's probably something Becky Lynch really wanted, probably something Lita really wanted. I get it. But she's got what, four weeks or whatever, five weeks till WrestleMania. She can put some work in and, and, and she can get herself into a better position. But like, it just did not look good, did not come off well. And this is one of your champions. You, you tell you not that they're ever doing anything with the women's tag titles, those are not important, whatever. I know there's a couple different thoughts of what they're going to do at WrestleMania. If they're going to go Becky, Lita, and Trish versus Bailey, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai, all three members of Damage Control. Some other people think it'll be Bailey and Lita versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I really hope it's the six woman tag because you've got to put, because Trish's I last agree. match, everybody went apeshit for her match with Charlotte. But if you really watch it with a critical eye, Charlotte carried that match. Oh yeah, Char- Charlotte absolutely and was carried putting that. Putting Trish in position, everything like it's it's a six woman tag would put everyone, especially Trish and Lita, in the best position to be safe and successful. And I also mm-hmm. think it's the best use of your your veterans because some people thought they would go with the tag match I mentioned, and then Bailey versus Trish. 
Uh, I really hope they don't. I hope they go with the six-woman tag. Uh, I think it'd be a great yeah. moment, a great WrestleMania moment, great everything for everybody. But Lita does not belong in a wrestling ring right now. Um, I'm not saying she was under any kind of influence. I'm not indicating anything like that. And and um, Because she didn't come off that way. She just came off as ill-prepared to be stepping foot in a ring. And I don't know when this idea came about. I don't know how much notice she had. But it's just like not good and and you compare that to people wrestling their first ever match like a logan paul or a bad bunny or whoever like lita and lita's had the wear and tear in her body of a long wrestling career mm-hmm. all that stuff like she it, it, she wasn't working an unsafe style when i say it was dangerous she wasn't working a dangerous style or whatever but she the condition she appeared to be in while working was dangerous mm-hmm. and that was my big yeah. concern coming out of that well, and also, if you look at the level of competition from when she was in her prime compared to now, you know, I mean, women's wrestling is at a much higher level. And oh, yeah. so um, I think it's just very different. And not only just the fact that she's just been out of wrestling, but the wrestling that she used to do back in the 2000s is a far different type of wrestling. And Absolutely. so, um, even though she had, you know, she was probably one of the most well-trained, uh, women going into her career. Now that's just a baseline, you know, now there's, uh, you know, women in the performance center who get more training than she may have had in, you know, most of her career. And so, um, I, I think too, it's a, a just very different world right now where, uh, you know, the type of wrestling that her and Trish were used to, um, in their day is, is very different. And as you noted about, you know, Trish and, and Charlotte Flair, you know, absolutely Charlotte, um, carried that, that match, but, you know, Charlotte is a far, you know, superior athlete. Um, and she is Charlotte Flair. So I think that it's not a clash of styles. It's almost just a, a clash of generations. And um, I, I do agree that having a multi-woman match would be to everyone's benefit. Um, you know, it would give Lita and Trish the, the opportunity to, you know, be in a WrestleMania again, but really under the guise of, you know, uh, working with multiple people and having selected selective spots um, and not necessarily having too much of the spotlight on them while also progressing the the story. I still feel bad for damage control because man, they've gotten the shit end of the stick. You know, um, they could get a high profile match. Yes. But like, you know, and granted the, the women's tag team championships, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, they don't, they truly don't mean a, a damn thing. This is a, another situation. You do not need the belts for this. You literally could chuck them, you know, and, and. Well, they wouldn't be on the line the in the six man, six woman tag match yeah. anyway. They would just be there. Oh, yeah. I just think, I mean, in general, like going back to, I feel bad yeah. for damage control. I do when I don't. I feel bad for damage control, but at the same time, I get the impression that when people were brought back to WWE by Triple H, from what I've heard and from what I can tell, he gave them a pretty good understanding of what their role was mm-hmm. going to be. And yeah. and so for them, it's like, even like a Johnny Gargano, like he's positioned the way he's positioned. And, and I think 
He knew coming in, like, you're going to be used as, as... He didn't bring anybody in and immediately catapult them to the main event. He brought them in, lower mid-card, work their way up, and, and, and have an opportunity. And I think it's it's fine to me. Like, people might complain about the role Gargano has, but, like, if he were in AEW, he'd have the same damn role, probably. You'd just see him mm-hmm. less. Um, Dakota Kai might get, like, a match on Dark on occasion. We probably would have seen her on Wednesday beating, you know... Uh, another local women's wrestler who knows, but it's just, so, so I do, I feel bad and I don't feel bad all at the same time. I think they're great. I think they're fantastic together. All three of them. I know a lot of people are like, you know, they're washed, split them up. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think it's a long-term thing for, for damage control. Um, two, three years from now, you know, Dakota Kai or EOS guy could be big stars for the company. Like it's Mm -hmm. not, an immediate, we're going to get you to the moon in the next six months thing. It's like, we're bringing you back to bolster our roster and we're going to see what happens down the road. I really enjoy damage control. I really enjoy all three of them. And I think Bailey was the perfect person to bring them out. So to me, I'm okay with it. And I really, and and part of the, the wanting to see the six woman tag at WrestleMania is so Dakota and EO get to work at at WrestleMania and, and have that, that opportunity that I feel like they deserve. We will just have to see what the road to WrestleMania leads us to, and this match in particular. That does it for this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Do not forget to follow us on social media. Me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the Hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. Hashtag spelled out, no Twitter. But hey, if you want to follow someone on Twitter, you can follow Greg DeMarco at Greg DeMarco 44 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Okay. And the chair shot at chair shot media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And yes, the hashtag Miranda shows a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on thechairshot.com and your favorite podcast streaming platform. So make sure that you go and listen to this episode as well as previous episodes of this podcast and other great shows like the Greg DeMarco show, like Bandwagon Nerds, like all of the other fantastic shows that are part of the Chairshot Radio Network. It's late. I'm tired. You all should go to bed, even if you're listening to this, you know, at two in the afternoon. Go take a nap. Just just close your eyes for a little bit. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. And don't forget to always keep it soft style. Other side